Hey girls and gals, I'm Shelby. And I'm Annalisa, and this is She's, She's Too Loud. Uh, now looky, looky, looky here. Yeah. Listen up, all you dorks and geekers. Uh, turn up the volume on your buds and speakers. Two girls, fresh pair, like genuine sneakers. Breath of fresh air for you goons and freakers. Just two girls, too cush, too good to be shush. Two queens, two clowns, she's too loud to turn down yep. if it's too yep. loud, y'all, then I definitely mean it. Yep. These ladies put the G in feminine genius. What? What? Take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Martin Luther King Jr. Woohoo! We are back, everybody. And we're back. <laughs> it's just me and Annalisa today. I know. It's like so funny. This third yeah. chair is I like empty. it, though. It's empty nostalgic, chairs, but it's also an empty tables. Oh, if you want to cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so nice to like just. Oh, wow. Oh. Already. Okay, yeah, well, get into on the it. topic of it. that, this is going to be a fun and exciting episode because <laughs> we're, Shelby and I are doing a challenge with ourselves where we are both going to keep tally during the episode to see how many times each person says like or, or um. um. Because <laughs> we as podcasters are looking to step up our game. To sound more intelligent. Yeah. To sound, yeah. Mm -hmm. To sound more regal. Yeah. To it, we're gonna be. I'm gonna be talking so I know, slow, slow. <laughs> just to keep myself from saying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Anna, Annalisa and I were talking, and she had just listened and reviewed like one of our other episodes, mm -hmm. and she said that um, she was like, oh, "See, I'm gonna say it so much." Yeah, like, <clears throat> she said, "Oh, um, I know it's it's seriously impossible." Ah, <laughs> she said that she sounded so bad with like. With the likes and ums. Don't count those because. Yeah. <laughs> and so today we're going to count whoever has the least amount of likes uh -huh. and ums wins, wins for the episode. This has no implications in real life. Right. But we're hoping to sound more intelligent mm -hmm. and up our podcast game. Exactly. And so as if you, the listener, would like to join us in this <laughs> challenge, get out your pen and paper now. <laughs> And start counting. And start counting. I do wonder if it bothers the listeners as much as it bothers, it bothers us. us. Because when I listen to myself, I do think to myself, this sounds so bad. Me like, too. why did you say it so much? Me too. But Especially the word like. I, I know. It's when, oh gosh. One after the other. Yeah, and if I get on a roll and I'm trying to think while I'm talking, I'll say it so much. Yes, me as well. Um, so in case you guys were wondering, the tally is already four for Shelby and one for Annalisa. <laughs> Um, so we're going to be, we're going to try not to be disruptive, but we are going to count as we go for the number of times. I'm definitely going to forget sometimes. Me too. Um, but anyways, but we'll we're both going to count because at the end we're going to compare. Compare and see like, ah, uh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see who did the best. Mm -hmm. So anyways, mm -hmm. on that note, uh, our weekend update is as follows. I took finals this week. They went really well. I think all my grades are going to be good. So we'll see um, in the next couple weeks when they post those. Only thing I am not sure about yet is um, my internship grade, which my grade's going to be fine. But I'm hoping to finish my hours by the, by hopefully Wednesday because mm -hmm. I want to turn them in, get them all signed before I leave, and they're due on Friday. Gotcha. So that's the only thing I'm waiting for now. Um, my other weekend update things are that Pepper – learned well she learned a new trick 
Ooh la la. She learned how to bow. And that was for this coming week is her last week of class. And and actually, I think we're going to do another one next semester because it was so fun. Ooh. And it was, like, relatively really cheap, like, for six weeks of class. Mm-hmm. Um, but during class last week, they went through obstacle courses. Pepper went first. And she did really well. Wow. Which was, like, just really fun. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Got to find new filler words. So that was just super fun. And then for her last week, we have to teach them a new trick on our own. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that a lot of people just do like a handshake because almost all dogs know that anyway, especially mm-hmm. older dogs, because it's the first thing you teach. It's like really easy. But I wanted to do something new. Originally, I was going to do rollover, but it turns out that it's very hard. Oh, <laughs> I, didn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. It's pretty tough. I, for one thing, big dogs struggle with it because they don't want to go on their backs. Uh-huh. Um, it feels like vulnerable. And I think it's also <laughs> scary. Like it's, def- it's definitely scary for Pepper. Yeah. They feel vulnerable. I think so. I think it's part of it. Like, and little dogs are so small that it's easy for them to just flip. Mm-hmm. So we started with that. We worked on it for about a week, and it was just really tough. And I figured it'd be easier for her to learn how to bow. So we've been doing that. Mm-hmm. She's pretty much got it down. Um, Good. Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. So I'll show you later. When Good. We're going to watch <laughs> Angus Thong's Imperfect Snogging. Later. Today. Today, guys. <laughs> so... She's going to finish practicing that and then perform it tomorrow. And she graduates tomorrow. So Aww. very exciting. Does she have a cap and gown? They don't, but they give them little, they give them cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to so be so sweet. cute. I know. It's going to be so <laughs> cute. So um, I'll definitely have pictures and post them tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. or post them at some point of her graduating. And then my last thing is just that on Saturday I go home for Christmas and I'm pretty excited about Woo! that. Mm-hmm. Very so, fun. Yeah. On to you, Annalisa. Okay. I can't wait to count you I know. <laughs> My weekend update, I think, is in terms of the number 15. Mm. I've written... Um, oh, freak. I have... <laughs> okay. Whew, I can do this. I wrote... I had on Tuesday a 15-page paper due. So this past weekend, I wrote all weekend long for my 15 page paper mm-hmm. got that done submitted it on tuesday you i had quite to a few. write yes because then i had to write a thousand word essay that was due it was well it was technically due monday night mm-hmm. but obviously <laughs> because i was writing the 15 page paper i didn't have time to do the thousand word essay <laughs> and so i submitted the thousand word essay a little bit late and i w- so i submitted that on tuesday night after i had submitted the paper and then I had another 15-page <laughs> paper due Friday night, yep. and I did not start it on Wednesday, and I did not start it on <laughs> Thursday, and so... Did you start on Friday? I started it on Friday, <laughs> and as of... It had to be 3,000 words, and... um, Oh, man. By the, like, hour two... <laughs> by the two o'clock hour, I had 300 words, yep. and it was due at midnight, <laughs> But then suddenly, by 11 o'clock, is that what you said? No, by 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. Okay, for some reason, yes. I thought you said 11 o'clock. No, 2. Like, Thank goodness. Yeah. Genuinely, by the grace of God, somehow, I started to type like a mad woman. Yeah. And by 7 o'clock, I had like 2,500 words. <laughs> you did? Well, she was keeping a tally on our group message. Oh, yeah. And it was funny because you went, <laughs> it was like 300, and then it was 1,000. And then the next time you sent it, it was like 2,822. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was crazy. It was so funny when I said that because I texted all the girls in our household, and I said, hey, please give me, like, some motivation yeah. to do this. <laughs> and then um, 
Uh, they, and someone said like the next a couple hours later they were like I'm dying for an update. And then I said uh, 300 words. Yes. <laughs> and then I'm I, dying for an update. I had 700 words at five o'clock. And then yeah, 7:40 I had 2,200 words. And yeah. then I finished the paper. Praise God by like 9:30 mm-hmm. by 9:30, <laughs> um, yes. which was really. I Good. could not have pictured it going any better than that. And yeah. she graded it actually already, and I got a 95. Yay! Imagine I was like, and she graded it, and I got a 15. <laughs> It'd be so bad. <laughs> I moved my week into 15s. Right. And that would be real sad, though. Yeah. 115 is what we uh, would yes. have hoped for. Hopefully. Right, right. So then that was my 15-page papers. And then my other 15 is that I finished last night a book, which puts me at officially 15 left before I reach my goal for the year, mm-hmm. which is and a you have lot 20 of books. days. I have 20 days. 24 days. Yeah, 24 days, days. I don't know. To do it. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I think it will. I think it will. I think pedals to the metal. You'll have a lot more free time. When I'm home. Now, yeah. Exactly. And, and hopefully now, a little bit this week. Yeah, because I have my last final tomorrow and then um, smooth sailing for the mm-hmm. rest of the week. And so I'll have time before I go home and I'll have time once I'm home to mm-hmm. crank out some books. <laughs> anyway, so that's my whole weekend update. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we have a topic for today. Yeah, in case we're you guys were wondering. <laughs> we're not just Gavin. <laughs> we're not just Gavin today, though. We could if we wanted to we just keep going. Uh, today is our, sorry, today our topic is new stages in life, the blessings and challenges that come with it. And this episode suggestion comes from my very own Aunt Pity Pat. Uh-huh. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So fun. Annalisa texted me the other day. We, <laughs> as much as we ask you guys to email the our email, we very rarely check it. Because we're very used to never getting email, any I emails. <laughs> I need to set up notifications for it. I know. I don't know why I don't have them on either, but I, I don't. need to. But Annalisa was like, somebody she was like do you know a pity i mean a mimi walker <laughs> yeah and i was like no i i don't i know a mimi and then i was like i i know some like people who are walkers but i was so confused but i went and looked and so my aunt her name is pamela walker oh but we grew up calling her pity pat all of all of her nieces and nephews mm-hmm. called her pity pat and but her grandchildren call her mimi okay so got it she her email says Mimi Walker as mm-hmm. if that was her name. So we yeah. were very confused. But then and I went and read the email and I still told Annalisa I don't know who that is. Yeah. And then at the end she signed it Pity Pat. And I was like, Oh, that's who I it really is. thought <laughs> there was a chance that it was a completely random just and that was so exciting for me though, yeah. actually. Because I was like, somebody random, like who's not one of our friends and family because yeah. we have the best friends and family that, that most of our listeners are people Loyal we know. listeners, for um, sure. But it was exciting to think that someone we don't mm-hmm. know was right. emailing and us. And <laughs> I'm a firm believer, if you're out there and you don't know us personally, like, please, yeah. please let us know. Because I I really do think there are at least a couple people. There's got to be a few. That are listening that don't know who we are, mm-hmm. that aren't just, like, close friends. Could you please reach out to us? We yeah. would love it. Because based on our number Insta, of listeners... Email. I cannot personally think of that many, yeah. me making it sound like we have thousands of listeners, but, <laughs> but the number of listeners that we have, I cannot f- figure out in my brain that many close friends that sure listen every week. That really listen, yeah. And so, so in my brain, there must be at we least would a love, couple of you. We would love, love, love. First of all, we're absolute goobers, so mm-hmm. yeah, you have nothing to fear, but yeah. Um, that would be amazing. Especially certain episodes like the Kimmy Body Types with Grace. That one had so that many one, so listens. many listens. Yeah. And I think it's probably because I think people on Spotify, if they're Google, we're looking, like, looking stuff up, up maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So if you listen to the Kibby Body Types episode and you're still listening, please reach out. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. Um, <laughs> anyways. So, anyways, so back to the topic again. So Pity suggested a couple of different things. Today we're going to talk about kind of the biggest su- suggestion she gave us, which was new stages in life mm-hmm. and all the things that come with it, like the ups and the downs. How do you kind of manage these different things? Mm-hmm. Another one that she mentioned, which I would love to do next semester, but we, we probably need to find a consultant, is budgeting. Yeah, we need someone good with money. We need someone good with money so we can either scope out me. the budgeting <laughs> department at Franciscan. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely not going to be me. We can either get margaret's dad on here oh, <laughs> we Margaret. could get jordan my brother-in-law he's an accountant i don't know if he mm-hmm. does budgeting stuff but he's an accountant we could get a finance major on campus that's what i was thinking that's most likely is we just need to search up yeah. people we know who know finance people mm-hmm. and then they can help us i know a finance major hey. just one of them perfect I don't know. We can see if they like budgeting, and if yeah. they do, they can help us. Mm-hmm. So, but today we are going to talk about um, the former new stages in life and such. So, just to start it off, I have some quotes from my my three sisters who I miss and yeah, can't wait to hang so out sweet. with. Um, and they each gave us a little quote about like what they think is most difficult about transitions. Um, and Camille, Camille's one actually is one of the main things that I made note of because mm-hmm. I had been thinking about it a lot lately, anyways. But Camille says the most difficult part of moving to a new place is finding new communities to fit in and to find friends. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that, Millie. Amen. Aubrey says that her advice is to avoid giving into imposter syndrome. If you don't know what that is, that's kind of that little voice in our head that tells us, like, you you haven't earned any of this or, you know, you don't deserve whatever job Mm -hmm. you don't deserve to live in this place maybe you don't deserve your friends your family whatever it is it's the little voice that tells you that all of your achievements like you didn't deserve or maybe that you've gotten here and you shouldn't be here like Mm -hmm. which is kind of like hard to wrap your mind around but um yeah it's like when we tell ourselves that um like maybe we did maybe we've just been BSing our way through life and just so happened to get here by chance Mm -hmm. so like I don't that's basically what that is like I'm yeah not actually deserving of right exactly the things that i have because i'm because i just somehow made it here mm-hmm. yeah so she said her advice is to avoid giving into imposter syndrome and thinking you can't be successful there are of course hard days but it's incredible what happens when you take that leap which mm. she didn't even know i was going to use that quote from martin luther king and he ah, just says he did say that yeah you don't have to see the whole staircase just take the first step mm-hmm. and savannah says hardest thing about starting somewhere new is that you have stepped out of your comfort zone and you have to learn to adapt to your new settings. Mm-hmm. This always causes anxiety, but getting out of your comfort zone is the only way to grow as a person. So I just thought those were really good. Yeah. All really good points. And I think we've talked about this on here before, but the place that we're comfortable, like obviously causes us less anxiety because we're comfortable there. When we take our step outside of that, whether we've talked about kind of, you know, like starting to go on dates or maybe like starting mm-hmm. to open up to people or, any kind of like new thing mm-hmm. will cause us anxiety because we're not comfortable there. But until we give yeah. it a shot, we'll never become comfortable. So uh, Shelby and I were like literally right before we were started, we started recording. We were just talking about this idea of like, uh, meeting yes, to, like you need to step out of your comfort zone, but no one wants to, because nobody wants to do it. Cause you don't want to be the first one. Uh, yes. There's like, so there's so many different things, but we were talking about the concept of, I don't want to be the one to show affection first because mm-hmm. the other person, like what if the other person doesn't, doesn't reciprocate? reciprocate, but how are you ever supposed to know if nobody ever takes the first step, no thing will happen. Right. Right. 
so because, scary because then we talked about this all the way back in our crushing too hard episode <laughs> yes but oh gosh that like if episode. you <laughs> <laughs> honestly one of my favorite ones that we've done it was good if you're worried about taking the like initiative with something the other person is probably equally as worried and that's like even beyond dating like i feel like this yeah. is true in life where right. it's like like if you if it <laughs> if it's something that you are concerned about and you wish that someone else would do it first. Right. Even if it's just having a hard conversation. Right. They, everyone can acknowledge that there's there's an elephant in the room. Right. And to that, if you're feeling that way, so is the other person. Right. And so someone's Somebody has to, to be brave. Mm -hmm. Someone it's, has to be brave. <laughs> Somebody in this room has to be brave. I don't know mm -hmm. who. <laughs> and, you know, here she still at, we believe that you are brave, strong, You are and brave, beautiful. strong, and beautiful. <laughs> so that was completely aside. But mm -hmm. just remember, like. All of these awkward things, all of these scary things when it comes to life, work, relationships, whatever it is, you are brave. And mm -hmm. in the long run, it is better to uh, be assertive, not aggressive. Right. Um, so anyways, that was random. <laughs> but. But true. But true. So first, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the concept of endings. So when we talk about moving on or. Um, closing. Time. Closing. Oh, good <laughs> reference. I love that song. <laughs> We, you know, we think about all these different kind of endings in life, whether it's moving from middle school to high school, high school to college, going out into, quote unquote, the real world, finding mm -hmm. a new job, going from one job to another, mm -hmm. starting a family, like all of these different phases um, can be really difficult. So um, and scary. And depending on your something I was kind of thinking about was depending on your situation, maybe it's really easy for you to move on, maybe. I feel like a lot of people in high school are just waiting to leave, like mm -hmm. summer, 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 <laughs> summer, summer. <laughs> high school musical reference. High school musical too. You don't get it. Yeah. If you don't get it. It's fine. If you know, you know. Like <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's just something I was thinking about is that, um, wow, I really, it's so hard not to say um. I know. Me, I... <laughs> I'm looking at the like tallies even it's astronomical. Even far. I have like and <laughs> it's so funny because you would almost think we're not trying. <laughs> it's almost as if we aren't even doing this right. challenge. Anyway. But I'm trying really I'm hard. I'm trying really to hard. Not do it. <laughs> so on that, depending on your situation, maybe you're ready, you're really ready to move on. Uh, whether you're ready to graduate, you're ready to get a new job. Even if maybe you love where you're at, but either way, you're excited for the next thing. Right. It can be difficult, um, but sometimes it is actually, it's easy or it's something you've really been looking forward to, mm -hmm. uh, but it can be difficult as well. One of those, one of the reasons it can be difficult is that we are afraid of change, afraid of getting out of our mm -hmm. comfort zone. We don't want to leave our friends and family wherever we're at. Um, and this is what I was going to say. I was going to reference Margaret, but Margaret and I had been talking about like friendships and things and how in this stage of life, which is funny because at every stage of life, you're like, it's that time of life when everything's just changing. <laughs> and then you think Always back and you're like, actually, it's all <laughs> like the last, you know, every stage has these different mm -hmm. challenges. So, um, man, I'm just, I'm just in a season of change. I'm just in a season of change. So, but Margaret and I had talked about like every, every one of those seasons, we sometimes have to like give up seeing whether it's friends or family. We give up seeing them as often as we used to, mm -hmm. or uh, there are times in life where the our friendship changes. So our friends maybe like they're getting married, or 
where they're moving away or you're moving away and you can mm-hmm. anticipate that that friendship is going to change and that can be very difficult scary and I think sad it, it's very yeah. sad but it's something that we have to remember this happens often and it's very natural and even if it is really sad it's the kind of thing that it, it just happens it's inevitable like we're not going to have the same friends for our whole life we're mm-hmm. not going maybe not have the level of friendship that we used to um and and that that's okay it's not easy to come to terms with but it is okay when those things yeah. change um but being away from home especially when it comes to big moves like we're talking about all kinds of different changes but moving across country um mm-hmm. yeah big uh, moves yeah are difficult i was talking to you Emma, one of my best friends recently, she's graduating this semester. So this Mm -hmm. week actually is her last week at Franciscan and she's moving to a whole new place. Never met anyone, like doesn't really know Mm -hmm. um, anyone there or what she, she has a job obviously, but yeah, there's just like so many different changes. Um, And we were talking recently about um, the, the distinction between, well, that's not really how I want to phrase it, but like basically just the the fact that change is um, enjoyable when it's like a change that you see as better than where you are now. Mm. Um, that, yeah, like what you were saying about high school, like there's so many times that I feel like people are super pumped and open to college because they're in this mindset where mm-hmm. it's gonna they be think it's going to be so much better than high school. It's like it's going to be so much better than where I am now. And on that same thing with a new job, a new career, like all these different options for change if um there is a change in your life that is improving your life you'll want to anticipate it like you don't mind or at least that you perceive will be better yeah right and you don't mind like forego like sacrificing all these different things whereas if it's a change that's just different like Mm -hmm. not necessarily worse Mm -hmm. but not necessarily so much better like for a lot of people in college when you have like a really great experience, um, leaving can be really so difficult yeah. when you're really com- not just comfortable, but you feel really happy here. And so even though the change is inevitable, there's just like a funny, um, like give and take there where mm-hmm. change, you know, that change has to come, but you don't want right. change to come, <laughs> even it's though so hard. you know that the change that's coming is going to be, be good. good. Yeah. It's just different than what you have, but what you have is good now. So mm-hmm. you, there's like the pull inside of yourself where you don't want to let go of what you have because you enjoy what you have. Mm-hmm. Like you're fine with things being this way. And, but understanding that like, yeah, what you're saying that there's an inevitable aspect that certain periods of our life are not meant to last forever. Right. College being one <sighs> Which of those. Which sucks, but it just be like that. Right. It truly do be like that. It just be like that mm-hmm. sometimes. Also personally, me personally with high school, I was I was a big high school girl. Yeah. <laughs> you were the queen. I, yeah. Like, I don't, I, fe- I feel as though my personality gives that impression and it really was exactly how it was. I loved <laughs> high school. I was not one yes. of those people that thought high school is the end of my life. Yeah. Like the worst four years. I truly had an mm-hmm. awesome four years of high school and mm-hmm. I was really sad to graduate and leave. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had a great college experience too. Um, but I just think it's so funny because people always use like high school is a very typical one where it's like, I can't wait to get out of here. Yes. But I was I like, know. I was like, if I could stay for two more years, I would. <laughs> right. That's funny. Cause I think like, oh man, my sisters had very different, uh, like experiences in high school than I did. And Mm -hmm. I I certainly liked it a lot. There were ups and downs, like 
there were people who I didn't get along with and, right. and different things. Of but course. in the end, I was like grateful for that experience. And I think the hardest part for me, because as much of a good time as I had, I didn't feel like I wanted to stay in high school anymore. I wanted to go to college. Mm-hmm. I was excited about college. However, leaving friends and thinking about the fact that I wouldn't, especially because I was moving all the way to Franciscan, which is right. 11 hours away. So, sorry, 17 hours away. So weird. Where'd 11 come from? 11. I don't know. 11 <laughs> actually has been coming up this whole, at least I keep thinking I'm hearing 11. 11. I don't know what's yeah. wrong with me. Anyway, so that was difficult for me to think about is if I even see my friends, it'll only be during the holidays or mm-hmm. over the summer. And the the longer we've been out of high school, the less and less I see my friends, which right. Is, again, something I've just had to come to terms with. And I have a couple mm-hmm. of friends from high school who we still keep in touch, but really not many. And, and that can be – that's hard for me sometimes. Yeah. Especially because sometimes it's harder to keep those friendships going. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost sadder to try mm-hmm. and, like, keep the friendship right, going. Right, because if it's unreciprocated. Right. And truly, here's the thing is, it's nobody's fault if a friendship ends up – and unless somebody did something wrong. There's mm-hmm. – it's no one's fault if it kind of ends up crumbling and falling right. apart. Right. Just you naturally, grow apart. you go mm-hmm. apart. You don't see them often. Maybe you have less and less in common with them the more you right. get, the older you get and everything. Exactly. So it just happens. But certainly, like, sometimes I think about my friendship group in high school, and I, I miss, like, hanging out with them in I our know. in the little, like, atrium in the high school. Mm-hmm. So Me too. And then there were quite a few people that in college I would, when I'd be home on breaks, we'd get together. And it just got to a point where it's it's sad because you sit there and realize that you just don't have as much to talk about as you used to. And you realize that yeah, truly. A, a big chunk of your friendship was just the fact that we were all in high school and we all had, we were at the same place yeah. doing the same stuff. And so You're we had a lot to talk in together. about. Right? Yeah. We were friends because we were around each other all the time. And there's, there's nothing to say that, that that's a bad friendship. Like I think mm-hmm. that those friendships, like that's what life is all about yeah. really. But it does get sad. Like, when you're reminiscing then um yeah and then you realize that all you have left is, is reminiscing. reminiscing I was gonna I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking I heard someone once say that the way you can tell if a friend is if you're in a friendship that's going to continue moving forward is is all you do reminisce or do you talk about the future mm-hmm. and I do think about that with I mean friends in the past, like we would get together at Christmas time, and all we talked about was like, "Oh, remember in right. high school when we did which blah, is blah, blah. so fun, which is fun. It's so fun, and it's so mm-hmm. good to catch up with people sometimes. And it you really laugh, is. and you remember all these. Like <laughs> it, it really, it makes yeah. you feel good. Mm-hmm. But you can tell like a friendship is going to continue to grow if you guys are talking about your futures. If you feel like mm-hmm. you can still confide in them. When I think about some of my friends, like when we meet up and stuff, still we reminisce a little bit and. Probably sometimes I tell them like, oh, yeah, here are my plans going forward and stuff. But the conversations don't get very deep. And mm-hmm. granted, if we like continued to meet more regularly, I'm just realizing I accidentally gave you a tick for myself. <laughs> um, I don't think one's going to. So I'll just <laughs> do much damage. <laughs> um, here, I'll, I'll make it even I'll just- like. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Here, I'll, I'll fix it up. Um, so, yeah, that that's. And I was actually just thinking as you were talking, Elisa, that I made so many good friends in college, a bunch way more than I anticipated and I came here I was someone who didn't know anyone coming in Mm -hmm. I don't know if you were the same way yeah I didn't know a single soul I didn't know anyone even after yeah even after going to the they used to be called university days now they're called barren days oh yeah but it's Mm -hmm. like pre-orientation based it's like stripes at LSU Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody knows I feel like all the colleges have like their something like mm -hmm. that it's like this priest yeah right so it was a little weekend and I flew up for that and it was it was really cool and I really did. I met a few people there. Didn't really get to know anybody. It's it's mm-hmm. a short stay. It's so fast. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I didn't know anyone coming in and, and that was really scary at first, but very quick. First of all, older students took me in, which mm-hmm. is kind of where it started. And I started to meet people in my classes. And then eventually I even, so when I went to Austria, I met like some of my really close friends mm-hmm. that we, we became a lot closer after that. Um, and then freaking COVID came and ruined my life. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, I was just thinking to myself when we're talking about endings here and I think that the most difficult endings are the ones you can't prepare yourself yes. for. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, this is a little, you know, uh, more sad of a topic, but when somebody dies abruptly and you don't have time to spend time, you don't get mm-hmm. the chance to spend more time with them or talk to them and let them know how much you love them. All those different things. When something ends abruptly, it hurts a lot more. Totally. We have less time to prepare ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when, when like COVID came it was spring break for Franciscan and right. I was fully anticipating coming back, getting to see all my friends, right? continuing to hang out for the rest Your of the semester, spring. my senior spring. Mm-hmm. And, and it true. <laughs> Bob called me actually, he wasn't supposed to tell me this, but he had just found out that they were canceling school for the rest of the year. Mm. And I was in my car driving home because when we found out the pandemic was spreading, my family said, it's probably best you come home. And I'm in the car with pepper. I'm like in the tunnel in Cincinnati and Bob was telling, he was on the phone with me and he was like, I just wanted to tell you that the school is not going to open again for the semester. I kid you not. I started crying on the phone with Bob. I hung mm-hmm. up and then I literally screamed. I was so, up- and it was very dramatic, yeah. but I was so upset and I didn't have a chance, you know, to like finish things off and stuff. And a lot of people experienced that. Even if yeah. it wasn't your senior year, like a lot of people, opportunities ended for them. And mm-hmm. so that was just mega difficult. That's so, so true. I remember, um... There were, there was one guy in particular that I remember he, when we were, everyone was like moving their stuff out and all that. He was a senior. I won't say his name for privacy's sake, (laughs) Um, but (laughs) he was genuinely just crushed, like walking through, like almost as a zombie, um, giving people hugs as if this was the end of the the road. Right. (laughs) And I think. There is a lot of value to that sentiment where mm-hmm. it really it, it, it feels that way. Yeah. Right. For senior spring, I mean, obviously, Shelby, then, like, you came back and all that years mm-hmm. later. But for a lot of people, that was their last yeah, time that's ever. the end of my university right. experience. Yeah. And no closure at all. And I think what you bring up is such a good point about um, abrupt endings versus endings that you can anticipate. Prepare for, yeah. Yeah. And I think death is, is a really good example of that because I've heard time and time again, like, when – someone is really sick for a really long time that when they end up passing away that it, it's a lot easier um, right not that death you're is ever antici- easy yeah but, but you're anticipating it you mm-hmm. had time to share with that person like I love you and right a lot of times kind of reconcile things mm-hmm. between yourself whereas yeah. as opposed to like yeah an abrupt sudden whatever it is mm-hmm. death it, it almost it catches you so off guard mm-hmm. it turns your whole world upside down um and yeah, that that is so much more difficult to deal with and to figure mm-hmm. out like what is this going to do to my life? And I think for COVID, mm-hmm. that was the that was the experience yeah. that people were having was that all of a sudden everything I had in my life was different, mm-hmm. and I didn't and and there was no rules, there was no guidelines <laughs> on what do you right. do? No How do you preconceived, deal with that? yeah, it was unprecedented, if you right, will. right, as as that saying, goes. as they say. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. This is sort of nobody asked, like it's a, a bit of a tangent, but when we talk and. I just feel like I'll say it now because we'll probably never be on this topic again. But <laughs> when you look at people who develop PTSD, um, 
usually like by wit. So if we're talking about like PTSD that comes from witnessing a death or mm-hmm. um, wit- or hearing, because you can actually get PTSD just from hearing about the sudden death of somebody you loved. And the reason why they specify sudden death is because you actually, they, they've, at least like to my knowledge, no one's ever developed PTSD after kind of being by somebody's side and then they mm-hmm. eventually pass away. Um, that's typically not traumatic, even if it's extremely sad and, right, and causes a lot right. of distress. It can cause distress, but it doesn't cause the kind of trauma that leads to PTSD. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was interesting that it's the suddenness of certain endings that can right. be so difficult. That's so true because I think even biologically, your body is just unsure of how yeah, to. it's like a shock. Right, right. It's mm-hmm. it's a genuine your body almost like, like a the, jolt. What do I do now? Right. <laughs> like FML. <laughs> FML. So, um, so that's in. Do you have anything else to add for endings? Okay. <laughs> so now we're going to go into, so now what are the dynamics of new beginnings? So mm-hmm. first of all, I think new beginnings can be a fresh start. Even if it's something small, we, we should take every new, new beginning as a fresh start for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You obviously don't have to change everything about yourself. Right. Or, you know, do things super differently. You don't have to change your name every time you do something different. Right. But uh, taking things as a fresh start gives us an opportunity to improve ourselves, gives us an opportunity to learn something new. And that's I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. So one thing that my pity pat mentioned was talking about finding a job. Mm-hmm. So I am somewhat anticipating this. I'm trying right. not to think about it's it too much. It's coming up soon for you. But it's coming. But in a couple of months, I'll graduate from grad school and start looking for a job. And Ugh, Which is very sad. It is sad. It's so poor, hard. It's I mean, it's definitely, me. it's an astute conversation because all of this stuff we're talking about, I'm definitely going to go through like very soon. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to miss everyone so much. And I'm also just going to miss the environment of, of being in a place that's so beautifully Catholic and that mm-hmm. calls me on, like, to be better all the time. Yeah. But I am excited, like, for going forward, what's life going to look like? What am I going to do? So, but things that have kind of been rolling around in my mind lately is the interview process for jobs. And I've had the opportunity to interview for a couple of different things now, whether it was on Zoom or in person. Mm-hmm. And something that I think is really important about interviewing is that not only do you prepare for the questions that'll be asked for you, but you prepare to ask questions Mm -hmm. of, of your employer or future employer. And so one of the things I think that you should prepare to answer, they always ask, what's your biggest strength? What's your biggest weakness? Or, Or they'll say, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? They usually ask you to, they'll give you a scenario and say, how would you handle this situation mm-hmm. they may ask you Always the worst of those questions those are hard yeah those are hard because then you think to yourself what could I have done something better like mm-hmm. could I have said something better um so so those are some of the very typical they mm-hmm. ask you well depending on your job they may ask you what how do you typically manage problems in this area right oh my gosh that is the I hate when I <laughs> asked yeah specifically to something along the lines of Give me an example of a time yes. that you, a oh. time that you solved the conflict, a yeah. time that you oh, it's always took care of an emergency, dude. I hate I to hate solve them. a conflict. I never I need know to, what to say. I need to I, prep that one actually because I yes. I'm always even though I know it's always going to happen, I'm always surprised by it and I never know what to say. I know, and then you never know how many details they want. Right, and what if you look back and you think to yourself, I. I had a conflict, but I didn't solve it. Right, <laughs> or I didn't, or I didn't solve it well. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got interviewed once and I gave the most atrocious oh, answer no. to that question. I did not get the job. Oh, but <laughs> honestly, it probably was because of that. But it 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 yeah. just really does take you off guard because I'm never expecting it, even though it is one yeah. of the most 
It's Typical. common, yeah. But we forget. But it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. something to prepare yourself for if you're getting ready to interview is answering questions such as that. Yes. I think my biggest interview win would be when I interviewed at Gatorland. And I got is in. Is that the Florida job? Yeah, when I oh. was in Orlando. Uh-huh. <laughs> Camille, that my was sister also Camille, COVID, right? That was, yeah. That's so so sh- funny, that was like, another disappointment. And I was going to work as kind of a coordinator of volunteers at mm-hmm. Give Kids the World in Florida. And the internship was canceled because of COVID. So then I sat so doing nothing moved, for a month. Yeah, you moved to Florida. <laughs> we're there for a month. I was there for back. a month. <laughs> and in that month, I was like, I should probably get a new job. And one thing I did was, st- and I can't remember what it's called now, but I was possibly going to teach ESL hmm. online to students. And then the other thing was, the only other thing that I felt I was qualified for at the time <laughs> was to work at Gatorland. Yeah. And um, and I nailed the interview. Good. I had so much fun because I got to see all the animals at Gatorland. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the job. And at the time, I was considering doing Vagabond. And I decided right, that, that was right. where I needed to go. So I actually didn't take that job. But my little sister, Camille, loves to bring up the fact <laughs> that I got a job at Gatorland. Gatorland. <laughs> but anyway, so on the other end of things is is asking questions of your employers. And I mean, one thing you have to be aware of is being respectful and not overstepping boundaries as someone who's not an employee yet, mm-hmm. um, giving the right impression, things like that. But something to ask is, and actually I wonder what your thoughts are. On, I'll, I'll ask that one in a moment because I'd like your thoughts on it. But some things you do want to ask is, so when it comes to counseling, something I would probably ask is what are the modalities like most common used here? What kind of population oh, uh-huh. do you guys use here? Um, asking them, you want you want to ask about benefits. You want to ask about those are things in the interview process. You're they're not only interviewing you; you're interviewing them because mm-hmm. espe- you you want to pre- you don't want to be prideful, but you want to present yourself as this is somewhere I want to work. But I also like I deserve to be treated well as an yeah. employee. So it's just something to keep in mind: is ask ask those questions that you want to know. What will salary be like? What will benefits be like? How much training am I going to have to go through? Mm-hmm. That one's you kind of got to do what you got to do, but it's good to know ahead of time, um, right? Ask them, yeah, what's the environment like here? Things like that. Something I've been curious about, and maybe this is more of, I don't know if it's, this is something you should ask in an interview, but today, it was either today or yesterday, I was thinking to myself that I would want to ask somebody, do you like working here? Like, I would want oh. to ask the interviewer, do you like working here? Because even if they, like, lie and say yes, you can probably tell uh-huh, if, they're, if lying they're lying or not. Because if they're trying to scramble and be like, oh, um, yeah. yeah, then you're probably gonna be like, mm, I don't know. Someone it doesn't make or once, break it. Yeah, but. someone told me once that you should ask that question, like, if you are at the front desk or something oh, really small, before. or if you're getting picked up from That's the airport by someone that works at the company, to ask them. So, what do you like about working at, at this company? That's or, a great idea. Like, do you enjoy your job? Or yeah, That's a great idea because casual. my hesitancy. Because I don't think it's a bad question. It's a good question. People right. should ask that. Mm-hmm. However, if you ask an interviewer that, especially if it comes off wrong, I think it could make or break your right. interview, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Like, people, interviewers are also trying to see if you're going to be a good fit, if, yeah. you, if you've got a good personality, things like that. Because somebody can be super qualified for a job, but if they are someone who doesn't work well with others, mm-hmm. bad pers- like, not bad personality, but a personality that won't work out there, right. they'll they're not going to hire you. So exactly. that's something that I was curious about. But that kind of is a good idea if you can like, add, even if it's yeah. on your way out. No, exactly. You can Just so ask you the person know. at the desk like, hey, mm-hmm. do you like working here? What's the environment like? Yeah. It's a great idea. I've always heard, and it seems very cheesy, but they say it's good when they say, do you have any questions to ask? What would, what in your mind is the ideal candidate for this position? That you should ask them? Yeah. Oh, 
That's I what, like that. It's very if you Google so that going it, forward you can yeah yeah if you Google it um that's what interview companies will say is the top like question that you should ask is just yeah what would make me the or what would make me a yeah good what would make this? me the ideal candidate sure, for this position sure. in your mind and I also think a lot of times when we get a rejection from a job or school or whatever it is you know, we, we like to say thank you for your time and then move on. But something you, you could ask in future, especially if you're looking to work in that area again or you're mm-hmm. still looking for something in that area, would be to e- either through email or over the phone afterwards to say what would have made me a better candidate. Right. So it's kind of like the same mm-hmm. thing, but I like that. That's a really good Yeah, because it shows you want to improve. Yeah. So that's a little bit about, like, finding a job. Mm-hmm. You can always use sites like Glassdoor, jobs.com there's a couple of different linkedin indeed that's Mm -hmm. the one i was thinking of and i couldn't think of it monster Mm -hmm. all of these websites are places where employers post job postings and there are lots of filters on there so Mm -hmm. that's really helpful i think another tip is and this isn't necessarily something i've had to encounter yet but i know that it can be helpful is that you may have this ideal salary in mind or Mm -hmm. hour depending on where you're getting a job an hourly uh payment in mind but it is good to remember that especially if you're starting out in a field Mm -hmm. you may have to start off with a lower salary or a lower hourly payment and work your way up with um, advancements and things like that however if you are no longer a beginning in in your field um and you're you know somewhat of a master in, in your field whatever it is then you really should be not demanding in a rude way but you should hold yourself to the level of this is the typical salary for someone with my level of expertise. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I deserve to be paid for my level of work. Right. And, and that's okay too. That's something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. It may be difficult. It's one of those hard discu- discussions hard, to have, yes, but hard conversation, yeah. but some uh, companies will. And I mean, maybe this is just something that can't be helped, but places will lowball you for, mm-hmm. for salary and payment. To just see what you'll take because you, you cause you might just take it and then mm-hmm. they're, they're saving a ton of money, but exactly. it could be that. And, I, I guess we're not really experts in this area, but some people will say that you should highball them, mm-hmm. but you, but not too much. Um, yeah. And usually you can negotiate and come down to a reasonable like salary. But I've heard with money that uh, on a very tangible level, you should sit down before the interview, figure out if I work this job in this area, mm-hmm. what is my cost of living going to be? Yeah. If I need point. a job, if I'm going to be working in this town, in this state, how much money do I need to be making to be at the bare bones getting by? Mm-hmm. And then know that number and ask for a, a good portion above that, yeah. like a couple thousand dollars above that. And so that you and have some negotiate. wiggle rooms. Mm-hmm. If you say, I don't know, just random numbers. If you find out that you need at least $35,000 a year to live, yeah. like at the bare minimum, maybe you'll go into the interview and when they ask you, what do you need? Mm-hmm. You say, this much 40,000 yeah. like maybe you say 38,000 uh-huh. and they say well you know at most we can do 37 yeah sounds good yeah you that's, take that <laughs> right because you know that that's more than you like yeah that you can get by with that and more mm-hmm. um that's what they they've taught us in the catechetics program like just have an idea going into that right especially because in jobs of ministry churches don't have all that money mm-hmm. all that much money to be yeah. giving out left and right and so they will do their right. best to try and give you the least amount as possible. Right. Just not by nature of wanting to like yeah, they're skip not you try- out, but right. just because if they Budgets don't have to. Right, yeah. right, exactly. But you do deserve to get paid mm-hmm. for what you do. For sure. 
So then another aspect of new beginnings would be what we've talked about a lot, what Camille mentioned, is building new community. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to a couple of my friends lately who recently graduated from the mental health program, and they like their job a lot. They had a couple of road bumps in getting their licensure stuff set up, but their job is good. They're enjoying it. However, they're feeling very lonely and don't mm-hmm. have the community there for them yet because it's a new place, never been there before, don't right. know anyone in the area. A lot of times, especially when you're starting out, you're working with people older than you. And while that's really nice and you probably learn a lot, it's nice to have friends that are your age and people to hang out for with. For sure. And it also might be that you're looking for a particular type of community. Like in our cases, we're probably looking for young adults who are Catholic. Serious about the faith. Yeah, who mm-hmm. who share values with us. And this goes for a really in, you don't have to be Catholic, you don't even have to be religious. You're probably looking for a group of friends with the same values as right. you. That share interests with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that can be hard, but there are a couple of different ways to do this. I don't necessarily have a bunch of examples, but one thing could just be taking the leap to start a conversation with somebody. So in the, in the case mm-hmm. of maybe looking for Catholic friends or like yeah, I don't know, young adults Stopping somebody after church and being like, oh, hey, like, I'm new to town. I was wondering if you – just, like, ask a casual question. Yeah. Do you know any good places for blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. Or, um, yeah, if, it, if it's natural enough, just asking them about themselves, telling them about you, want, right. asking them, hey, would you want to get lunch or something sometime? Some of those things are scary to do and they seem Very, awkward, yeah. but but it's worth the leap if you can kind of start to build your community. That's something that I think no matter what is going to take time unless you're really lucky and you kind of mm-hmm. walk into something. But right. More than anything, I think you should take advantage of the resources at hand. So checking out bulletins, checking out, look on Facebook for, so say, yeah, say for you're moving events. to, I don't know, random backwoods town. Like, right. I mean, that actually things will be more limited there. But say you're just moving to a city, look up clubs in New Orleans, mm-hmm. look up um, places in Steubenville for blah, 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 hobby or yeah. interest or whatever it is. Book clubs. There's my so big thing is, on. I feel like book clubs are a great place to meet people and to get to do something you already like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and those kind of things can blossom from there. So, especially for those, in, like Annalise and I are both extroverts mm-hmm. for the most part, and maybe it's easier for us, even if it's scary, we'll take that leap to start a conversation to meet somebody new so that we can go forward, like and make a friend right. or something. Mm-hmm. If you're an introvert, don't be afraid. There are ways for you to kind of start off slow, mm-hmm. get your toes wet, if you will, and eventually like start to make some friends and, totally. and build up a community. Cause I do think, especially if you're going from a place where you had such a strong community to a place where you don't have one, that can be the most really difficult hard. aspect. Even if your job is great, even if everything's fine, you're thriving with money and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're social beings. We're made for community. So it's important to get that rolling. Yeah. And I think you have to just be willing to step out of maybe you're someone that doesn't really like going to events Mm -hmm. and stuff, but when you're in a new place, sometimes you just got to choose. Yeah. You got (laughs) to be able to put yourself out there because you're never going to meet people. Um, otherwise. Right. And I think nobody's going to come knock on your door. Right. <laughs> right. Unfortunately. Right. Um, but well, I mean, maybe if you live like in a neighborhood, which is actually something my aunt brought up that I'll say later, mm-hmm. but my aunt brought up that it's good to get to know your neighbors. And in reverse of that, hopefully you live in a, a friendly neighborhood where people may yeah. come even and welcome you to the neighborhood or say mm-hmm. hello to you. That would be different. But for the most part, people aren't going to seek you out if you're not out, out doing. And, yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. But I even think, um, to what you said about finding like lo- places where there is lively community and stuff. I think it's just a consolation to say, 
even if you don't feel like you're at, you're in the community yet, yeah. it exists here and it yeah. just takes time. Because right. You're not going to fit in right away. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And that just being comfortable with that, yeah. that change in the process. Absolutely. Um, but even building new community, I was reflecting on this year of being at Franciscan. I'm sure you had this experience when mm-hmm. you came back. I even felt a large adjustment in the community that I had because a lot of the people that I had spent the last four years with mm-hmm. were no longer here. Yes. And so the community that I had found in certain people in certain groups suddenly shifted. Right. And so now it's it, it was almost a strange transition mm-hmm. of I'm in the same place where I had this same awesome community, mm-hmm. but now it but looks the community, different. Like I'm here, but the community has gone. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is an so interesting hard. transition yeah. um, and goes along with change of when people move mm-hmm. on, people go other places and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you're constantly, even if it's someplace, like maybe you aren't in a new place, but you just need to build a new community. I think it all comes back to that same idea of being yeah. willing to kind of step up and you step out. You have to, even though it's mm-hmm. scary. And yeah, for you introverts out there, I, I believe in you. I know you can do it. Mm-hmm. You're brave. You're strong. You're, you're beautiful. beautiful. You can, mm-hmm. even if it's scary. Because um, I, I really do think that's one of yeah. the, the most difficult things. Just about keep going until someone, yeah, someone will say right. Even if you hi. just start off, like maybe you get bolder and bolder, but just start off saying hi, waving, give mm-hmm. somebody the sign of peace at church. Right. <laughs> get to know your barista. Ask uh-huh. them about themselves. And Find a local coffee say, shop. Annalisa is so good about talking to people who in the service industry and mm-hmm. we have a lot of uh amazing employees at franciscan mm-hmm. and besides the like obvious faculty and staff there are a lot of people that keep the place running the physical plant people right. the people who work in the cafeteria mm-hmm. food service workers and stuff annalise is really good about getting to know them personally and one it's very life-affirming for somebody to take to a see, notice of you right. when you work almost in the background but it also gives you the chance you might find some that you have a lot in common with those right with somebody mm-hmm. and could end up being a friendship so yeah in the town too i i do that like i love at restaurants finding out the waitress's name and, yeah um sometimes that just comes up naturally when you go often yeah. but manny our friend manny i feel like he really hits the mark with this yeah he whenever does whenever we're out to eat he will always when the when the waitress or waiter takes the drink order he'll always say what's your name yeah what's your name he did that at purgatory and yes it was so ni- and somebody mm-hmm. made fun of him i don't know who it was but i was like i liked it it's very intentional it is mm-hmm. it's it's such a good thing and we just have to think if i was in that kit and when i used to nobody ever asked me my name when i worked at the restaurant right which is it's fine but it certainly does make a difference when you may even like if they have a name tag it might seem weird to you to say their name but i think it means a lot for sure psychologically it it's it gives us a rush of I don't know if it's dopamine or serotonin but we get a rush of those mm-hmm. good feelings when someone says our name in a nice yeah. way of course um I was at Michael's yesterday Michael's getting some yarn and um <laughs> where is there a Michael's I was in Robinson oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I said thank you and I, I can't remember his name now but I said thank you and said his name uh-huh. as I was leaving and I awkward me turned around I didn't look to see his reaction uh-huh. or anything yeah. but but it's something it's something small that we can do to affirm other people's lives totally so lastly in the new starts is you need to hold on to your hobbies mm-hmm. if, if you don't have any hobbies I strongly recommend you look into starting some get some hobbies, hobbies can there's so like there's a lot of typical hobbies playing music playing instruments mm-hmm. uh clubs Books. I don't know, books, animal things, like all these, yeah, bu- a- absolutely, books and things like that. However, ho- a hobby can be a lot of different things. Yeah. It's 
and you want to choose something that gives you life. So for, for me, I love books. I would love to do a book club. Mm-hmm. I love art projects, things like that. I love pepper. That's yeah. a hobby. That's partially a hobby. We do a lot of stuff together. So workout classes. Yeah, dude. And uh, and that's just healthy in so many ways. Yeah. But my friend Danielle, she was so telling me you. she found such a like fun community at her college when she started doing Orange Theory Fitness. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, I love of, Orange Theory. Uh-huh. <laughs> of all these girls that she had never met before, but they all started going to Orange Theory. Yes. And she was just saying, yeah, what a... What a Orange Theory is very social too, which yes, is, is a great way to absolutely. meet people. And they're people that when you meet at doing these things that mm. are your life-giving things, yeah. then you know, like these you people know you have share, stuff in common. Yeah, you yeah. have stuff to talk about. You both enjoy the same things. It's right. such an easy in to finding friendship because friendship starts with like sharing yeah. something in common. That's a good point. Like maybe you, you can make it, if you're thinking out there and you're like, I don't really have any hobbies, maybe you can think of a hobby that's social because non-social hobbies can be life-giving as well reading art uh-huh walks i don't know whatever right but finding a hobby that you can be social with is just a bonus and it helps with that community mm-hmm. aspect so yeah hold on to your hobbies if you don't have one make sure that you create some especially mm-hmm. for there are going to be times in life where you're maybe in a lower place and having something that will increase your mood help you yeah. with your, help you be active is really important yeah so. i've heard recently a lot about adult beginner ballet classes love that such a random one but i've seen a lot of people that are i wish there were more adult classes and then even like classes for the elderly Mm -hmm. because it's just so helpful for old people to do things with other people and they can't do like super active stuff but right it's just so good so i think just like normalize starting up hobbies Later in life. Later in life. Yes, absolutely. Because there are so many things, gymnastics, dancing, sports, where it feels as though if you didn't do them when you were a child, you can't you can't just pick it up. Yeah. But I love this new generation. I love of, it. Mm-hmm. I can be 29 years old and I'm going to sign up for a beginner's ballet yes. class yes. with other 29-year-olds. Right. Master class is actually a really cool way to do things. And you can, you can learn. Oh, is that thing. the like... It's website. an app. Oh, it's yeah, either a website app. or an app, mm-hmm. and you can, like, take classes. Um, but in addition to that, something I heard of is, like, with the people that you love is try, instead of maybe getting them gifts, is you pay for an experience for you guys oh, to do together. Mm-hmm. Aubrey and Omar do that really well. My mom has made a big push in the last, like, two years or so. She says, I don't necessarily want a gift. I want to do something with you guys. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it costs something to do to have right. experiences. Mm-hmm. So instead of buying a gift, you, you purchase – whatever it is for that experience. And then you get to spend time with that person. Yeah. Maybe learn something new, do something new. So, so. fun. Yeah. I love that stuff. Ugh, anyway. Nobody asked. <laughs> so I'll try to be quick with the nobody asked, but I, I don't know even how I came across this, but I found this article about cursed diamonds. It's called the six most Notor- notorious cursed diamonds. Sounds creepy <laughs> for sure. It kind of is. Um, And just a, a, warning I guess ahead of time I did link the website to the show notes mm-hmm. it there's a little bit of kookiness in there I think one of the comments made by whoever wrote the article was that like stones have vibes or something uh, they said uh-huh. something like that yeah but, so just keep in mind that it, it does have a little bit of like the vibes feeling to it mm-hmm. but what I thought was cool is that it listed six diamonds and talked about like they're that they're cursed which I'm thinking back on it, and and so I love spooky supernatural uh-huh. stuff. I, I think that's so cool. I was thinking, though, it could just be that the people who purchased these di- or own these diamonds just had really bad luck. And when you look at something over the history of whatever it's mm-hmm. being around, 
you can make correlations if you want to. And then sometimes you can be like, oh, it's probably just chance. However, I thought it was really cool. I wanted to share it. And then really quick, I wanted to share about what well, one of the diamonds is called the Hope Diamond, which is cool. It was a blue diamond. Mm. But I want to read I want to read the quick little paragraph about the Sancy. Sancy. The Sancy diamond, um, which was from France. And it's yellow. And the story says that the Sancy's gruesome history dates back to the 16th century. Three of its royal owners, Burgundy's Charles the Bold, England's Charles I, and France's Louis XVI, faced horrific deaths after taking possession of the stone. Mm. Over the centuries, it was pawned to finance wars, it was stolen, and it went missing for decades. In the early 1600s, the diamond was named for its then-owner, Nicolas de Harlay, Seigneur de Sancy, who served as King Henry the fourths finance minister <laughs> me mm. trying to read <laughs> the roman numerals as quickly yeah, as i can like, uh, uh. Uh, when saucy's loyal servant was delivering the diamond to its next owner this is the fun part sort of fun king james the first he was attacked by robbers and rather than forfeit the treasure he swallowed it poor fellow was murdered anyway and the diamond was later removed from his corpse <laughs> Crazy. So crazy. It's and crazy. creepy. And creepy, yeah. <laughs> when King James I needed cash, he sold it to the French royal family, and during the French Revolution, it was stolen. It reappeared in the hands of a Russian prince. Prince. Changed, prince. Changed hands several more times, and in 1906, it was acquired by William Waldorf Astor. Does that sound familiar to you? The Waldorf Astoria Hotel? Anyway. Not to me. Not to you? Okay. As a wedding gift for to Lady Astor. Out there, maybe to somebody else. The Waldorf Astoria is a hotel. And Lady Astor wore it on a tiara. In 1978, the Astor family stole the diamond, sorry, <laughs> sold the diamond to the Louvre uh, for a million dollars, where it remains. I feel like it's probably worth more than that, but maybe they were just like, Let's, uh, we just want to give it to you. Uh -huh. anyway, we're, we're trying to get rid of this bad boy. So uh, I thought that was really interesting. And I'm going to save this other part of Nobody Asked for next week. So okay. look forward to a little more information yeah, about gems. Yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned. But it's scientific info about gems. <laughs> so nobody, nobody asked. asked. So just to wrap up, I have a couple of gems of wisdom, if you will, making a connection oh, with our Nobody Asked. I like it. <laughs> um, from my Aunt I Pity like Pat. I like it. I like it. From Aunt Pity Pat um, about new beginnings, transitions, and things that you can do. She says... Don't limit yourself to just one area or city. Apply for every position that interests you, even if you don't think you meet every qualification. Sometimes having three out of five qualifications and being enthusiastic is better than having all of them and no interests or ambition or mm -hmm. having a bad personality. Mm -hmm. Always send a thank you note to your interviewer by email or snail mail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it may be enough to sway a decision by showing you're truly interested. So I think in this case she means at, directly after an interview, yeah. sending an email or, or like a letter saying that, Thank you. I've heard that too. I like that. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to start in a new city, even if you don't know anyone. Think of it as a new adventure where you can make a difference and get to know a whole new set of people. Always plan for the unexpected by having some money put aside for emergencies, mm -hmm. even if in the beginning you have to live with a tight budget. After you have an emergency fund built up, then start a new experience fund to be able to go out and have fun with your new friends. Mm. Excuse me. Find a club or a group that meets your shared interests with you, which we kind of talked about. Yeah. Find a church that makes you feel like home. I like mm -hmm. this a lot. I yeah. think it sounds kind of, and there's a negative connotation in the church about like quote unquote church shopping. Yeah. But I think that if every community has different strengths and for sure, I think it's okay, especially when you first move to an area is to 
go to different masses mm-hmm. each weekend, See get to know some right. of the people and find a place that fits best for you. Like that's okay. Mm-hmm. She says, be yourself, but in a new job, pay attention and listen and watch others to get the feel of the place that you're going to work at before mm-hmm. jumping in. Um, so just getting an idea of, you know, what's the vibe around here. Yeah. And then she said, be a good listener. Um, that can be a great asset. She, okay. So this is what I mentioned before. She also said, make sure to meet your neighbors, even if they aren't friendly, mm. <laughs> because in an emergency, you may need them. And who knows, they could become a great friend. I thought that was such a good example. And I think it, it really is so helpful to get to know your neighbors. I wish when I was in Wichita, I had gotten to know some of my neighbors more. Mm-hmm. We did. We had one neighbor who wasn't, was not very nice. <laughs> so that was probably one reason we didn't get to know them very yep. well. But kind of towards the end of the time I was there, we started to get to know some of the neighbor kids and that was really fun. But whether you live in an apartment complex or in a house in a neighborhood, it it is a good idea to get to know your neighbors, whether that's just Mm -hmm. like maybe you send them a snack or Mm -hmm. I don't think people really borrow other people's food anymore, but maybe I I need a cup of flour. Can I borrow some sugar? (laughs) Yeah. Can I have a cup of sugar? From the movies. You hear about that happening. We really, when I was a kid, we actually used to do that all the time, (laughs) but it's great to get to, and you know, like she said, maybe you don't get along. Maybe they don't end up being good friends and that's okay. However, like what if there is something that goes wrong and mm-hmm. you need to like call People them that or are something. nearby. Yeah. They're very close by. So, yeah. So she said that. And I just wanted to add in the end here that new experience are essential to a person's growth. Even if you're, even if you aren't moving to a totally new place, even if you don't have the money for crazy adventures, there mm-hmm. are adventures you can do for free. Um, you can take them alone. You can take them with your friends or your family. And this allows you to experience more of the world and different kinds of people, which I really do think is a big part of like forming somebody as a good person Mm -hmm. is to meet new people and um, see different kinds of ways of living and stuff. Yeah. This can also be a part of helping you find out what you like when it comes to jobs, locations, hobbies, et cetera. So that's all I got for that. My closing thought is that a quote comes to mind that is when you are standing on the edge of a cliff that um, someone might say but what if I fall and the response is but what if you fly oh I've seen that somewhere that's so mm-hmm. nice what if you fly I think it says like but darling what if you what fly? if you fly yeah so sweet and so yeah I feel like that's my like biggest takeaway is just it can be really scary but willing to take the risk willing to put yourself out there in all these different instances really could change your life could radically transform the way that you live the people you'll never know know until you try right you're always this is another movie quote you're always (laughs) a week away from um a decision that could change your life (laughs) from being a holy person yes a week away a week away (laughs) elisa loves a week away that's a great it's a movie musical yeah it's pretty good but yeah yeah so thank you guys for listening we only have one more episode before christmas and Mm -hmm. then uh, we'll have like a two or three or four week break i don't know how long but then we'll start back up again mm-hmm. in the spring. So because we did those those home episodes last year, remember? And those were rough. I know you guys don't want any of yeah. those anymore. <laughs> it's very clear by our listening, like our plays per episode. Yeah. When, when the sound quality is is funky. Yeah. The people oh. the people notice. The, the people definitely know. And we will post our final scores for our like and um competition yes. on the Instagram. Later. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for everyone who listened today. And special thanks to Deacon Bob Rice for letting us use this podcast studio. For all of you who are Christian or for those of you who pray, we'd love if you could offer up in prayer this week. All of the students who are taking finals right now. Uh, for my Grammy who has COVID, she tested positive today. So please pray mm-hmm. for her. For John Michael, who's doing a lot better, though his road to like full recovery will take a little while. 
for people who've had a difficult and stressful time being at home, especially as the holidays come up, some people are going to be home and, and unfortunately home is not always a safe environment for people. Mm -hmm. So for them, for those with poor mental health, it's a very stressful and often sad time of year for people of all ages, Mm -hmm. for the homeless this Christmas. Um, and for especially those who are spending it outside and for all of those who are lonely during the holiday season. Yeah. And we would love to pray for you. Please reach out to us on our social media. Follow us on Instagram at she's dot too loud or email us at she's too loud 21 at gmail.com. And feel free to send episode suggestions and, and prayer intentions to these accounts. And if you've ever <laughs> been made to feel like who you are is too much, just to remember you are never too much. You are more than enough. And you are brave, brave strong, and beautiful. <laughs> I'm counting that as a tick against you. <laughs> Brave, strong, and beautiful. Your besties, Annalisa and and Shelby. Bestie vibes only. Now looky, looky, looky here, listen up, all you dorks and geekers, uh, turn up the volume on your buds and speakers, two girls, fresh pair, like genuine sneakers, breath of fresh air, for you goons and freakers, just two girls, too cush, too good to be shush, two queens, two clowns, she's too loud to turn down your fist, too loud, y'all, then I definitely mean it, these ladies put the G in feminine genius, what? What?